Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Well, alrighty. Hey there, everybody. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 154. Well, I hope 2016 is treating you well, however it's rolling along for you, wherever you might be sitting listening to this show. It's been busy for me. We had a good January, a show out in Corlitas, a couple of my own gigs. And what I'm doing, I'll give you a quick update, then we'll dive into the rather lengthy interview with two very cool people. It's the Songs and Stories podcast, so of course it features cool people. Uh, I'm taking the month of um, March off just to kind of lay low a little bit, plan the next record, and which is really exciting. I actually have enough songs and a theme for the next record, so you'll be hearing about that every month on this show as we roll along through the year. Working on that, planning that, and then kind of planning out the rest of my year. The one really big piece of news I have is that I released a video for my song Highway 17 about three weeks ago. It went up, and it's already at over 7,000 views. And I've never had that kind of response to a video. I think we hit a nerve. <laughs> Richard Newman of, of Newman Media Works is the videographer who worked with me on this and did some amazing editing and took my storyboard and just bumped it up a level. And um, Eileen, the traffic and weather queen from KPIG Radio locally, did uh, a kind of a, a, a faux traffic report to kick it off. And if you're not familiar with the song or you're not even familiar with Highway 17, if you're listening kind of you know out of the Bay Area, Highway 17 is 18 miles of windy road that connects Santa Cruz to Silicon Valley. But you fill that full of 20,000 commuters on any given weekday, and things get really interesting. So the video was a uh, some live footage from a house concert about a year ago, and then I spent last fall when I occasionally commute that road in the morning with a GoPro camera strapped to my dashboard, and then we just mushed it all together. And it, it captures a lot of the commute nonsense. And again, if you're even if you're not familiar with Highway 17, if you've ever experienced a bad driver, perhaps on the road anywhere, uh, there's probably some reference to it in this song. And if you want to take a look at it, you can go to my website, michaelgaither.com. It's right there on the front page. Or if you're up on YouTube, just you know Google because Google owns YouTube. Search for Highway 17 or my name, and you'll you'll find it there. But have a look. I'm, we're hoping to reach 10,000. Who knows? It's, you never know when these things are going to kind of kick in, and it's really exciting to have this kind of response to a video. Meanwhile, back on the podcast, today we're going to be talking to a couple of folks, uh, Mark Lemaire and Cindy Lemaire, his wife. Mark is an incredible guitar player, and I could try to explain it, but I'll just let Mark explain it because he does it a lot better in a few minutes. Um, his, his wife, Cindy, is also quite amazing. She's a harmony singer. Together, they just have this kind of one-voice sound. Mark is just a very, very unique guitar player, great songwriter, and they've done um, a few records together. They've we've done, actually shared a couple of shows. They've played our Corlita series, and um, I've seen them several times, and just... I. I, I love watching guitar players watch Mark play because they just their jaws drop and their the reaction is how is he getting those tones out of standard tuning and anyway I'll let Mark elaborate it's it's really really incredible stuff 
they came by the house here a couple of weeks ago after playing in Monterey. And we sat around the kitchen table, talked about mainly them, but then some other topics I'll mention. And then they played um, Sands of Zanzibar off their latest release, um, Home Isn't Home. They have three releases, actually. Marked it a, a solo record called, I'm clicking nonchalantly where you can't hear it, on uh, his website, Rubato. It was a solo piece that he did, um, a solo record he did several years ago. And just he's received some wonderful, wonderful comments about that record, and I'll let him elaborate. And then they've done two together, Practice Makes Perfect and Home Is At Home. They're working on um, a solo record from Mark that'll be out later this year, and he might come back and do some pieces for that for a follow-up podcast. Um, by day, Mark works as a sound engineer, so of course, their records sound just amazing. And I think what I'll do is, um, oh, one thing too, we, we got off on a really good tangent to kick this interview off. My wife and I have been hosting shows out in Corlitas out here, kind of just southeast of Santa Cruz, outside of Watsonville for several years. And we're going to actually call it quits after our April show on the 17th with the one and only Gurf Morlicks. It's been really fun, but uh, it's also really busy between my day job and songwriting and <laughs> my own shows and a podcast. Something had to give. So we're going to um, bid adieu to the Curly series after April and probably do something low-key here at the house at some point. But um, we'll talk about that. Mark and Cindy ran a series of house concerts for about a year, mainly to experience what it's like to to be a booker and have artists approach them for shows. It's really nice to see how both sides of the street work when you're a performer or a booker. And I've seen that for many years, and Mark and Cindy got a really good um, taste of that when they were doing the house concert series. And we talked about that in this interview, and really shared some tips for promoters and artists we thought were kind of valuable. So we're probably going to kick off with that, talk about their records, and hear them play a little bit. Before we do that, let's actually go to one of their records. Their latest, again, is called Home Isn't Home. Let's hear a little bit of the title track. And then because we've had rain here on the West Coast, and it's a great time to go out to the beach and collect sea glass. There's a song called Sea Glass. It's really pretty. All their stuff is just amazing. So we're going to hear a little bit of Home Isn't Home and Sea Glass, and then we'll sit around my kitchen table and talk. Tark. I can talk very well. And then we'll talk with Mark and Cindy Lemaire. Here we go. It feels so free to ignore 
When we, when we sing, when we do that, can you bring it over to here? I could. As a recording engineer, I've done this. I was going to say. Yeah, I have one. I have something like that, and I do what you do. I put it on a cup or a... I have a, a foam yoga block. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I stick it, I get it as close as I can to here. This is where my, my fanny pack guitar tilting technique actually helps us. Nice. In those one CD, those one thing. Okay, so... Tell me when you want to start, and I'll stop jabbering about it. Okay, we started about 30 seconds ago, so right. we can cut in any time. Nice to see you, too. I was trying to figure out when I saw you last, and it was probably Corlitas. Yeah. That was three? When did we play at the Corlitas Cultural Center? The last time, because you played there a couple of times. The Spark and Whisper. Spark and Whisper. Last time. Right. right. But then you came back with Jay and Rolf. No, no. Before. We, that was the first one. Well, the really? second one was Spark. Oh, you're Whisper. right. You're right. You're right. That was, jeez, that was four. Nice place. Yeah. We're How's doing... your series going over there? <laughs> it's going well. We're doing two more shows and then we're done. That's oh. how That's how well it's, it's going. It's going so well. We're going to... We're going to finish it on a, on a high note. We are. We're going to have Gurf Morlick's back. So uh -huh. that He played last year and he's just amazing. You know, I, I sent this out in my newsletter last week. We'll talk about you at some point, but we've been doing it for... I, almost six years, mm. you know, and last couple of years have been almost monthly. And we, between between that and a podcast and a day job and promoting my own shows and just stuff that we need to do, like in our non-music wise, my wife and I were like, something's got to give. Put a roof on the house. Yeah. Maybe. Well, you and you you ran a series for you. You know how much work's involved. It's a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. People, it, it, not just you. Just you just book somebody and people just magically show up and no <laughs> yeah, so. I'd say it can be very difficult to get an audience that sticks with you through the different shows we've been really well I think when you were there we were still kind of building it now it's it's 30 plus every show depending who we get that must okay. be a good feeling it's you know once the shows are rolling along it's it's amazing it's wonderful we're so appreciative of people that come to watch the shows and people to play and everybody it's it's we've really built up a nice scene but you know, we take everything out there. It's a, it's about ten minutes from here. Um, you know, the promotion is it's it's a lot of work and something had to give. So, well, you've done a good service in mm -hmm. the meantime. Yeah, it's very hard getting to that point though. It People is. People don't realize how much work it it's really a lot is. of work. You know, and even even last year was just amazing. We and but we were like, but we're tired. We kind of felt guilty. It's like this is really cool, but it's it's tiring. You know, so. I yes. feel guilty about all kinds of things. <laughs> I feel part, guilty. Is that part of your East Coast upbringing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a I, thing. it's a Catholic thing. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is that I'm doing, I either feel pretty good or guilty, mm -hmm. and that, that keeps me working. Good. Otherwise, <laughs> I get satisfied and chubby oh, and, and smug and just kind of I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm smug for thirty or forty seconds at a time, yep. and then it passes. <laughs> yeah. We had a great gig um, at the Smokehouse Lighthouse. The How Lighthouse was that? Smokehouse. That's one of Kiki's new venues, right? Kiki loves it. Yes. Well, you know what was cool about it? Yeah. We walked in and it was, you know, it's a, it's a barbecue. Uh, it's, you know, it's a hole in the wall. It's yeah. A, it's, it's nothing. Uh, I thought, okay, well, there's a stage area. She had a rug thrown down and mm -hmm. PA put up. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're going to have to pretend we're in a bar. Because we are. Mm -hmm. And sure. we're going to need to get people to listen. And so I'm going to play a fast song first. And then and there were people sitting around eating and making noise. Mm -hmm. So this is the magic thing. 
it gets to be like three minutes before we play. All these people that have been dining and ignoring us suddenly reposition all their chairs and tables. Really? Facing us. Yeah. There's still tables, but they oh, all yeah. now move to the other side of the table, so nobody is there. So they're there for them. the music. Yes. They were there for the music. You never know with a restaurant. Sometimes you're just like playing mm-hmm. over diners. This yeah. is That's really what nice. I expected. Everybody ate and everybody listened. It was Kiki. Oh, cool. Kiki made it happen. She's she up. does that. She'll find a venue and she'll, you know. And it, she she's been, forces it on people. She does, <laughs> you know. She's, you now will listen. Right. And then she introduced us as if we were the king and queen of Sheba or something. And luckily, you know, we... Mm. we good for her and good for you guys. Yeah, as long as we could make the grade. And I think yeah. we did songs that people were very, very appreciative. That's really good to hear. Yeah, because she's, she's just started that up recently and... The, the venue there, the, the rest of there are KPIC sponsors that are getting a lot of attention locally, and it's nice to hear that this is kicking off and going well. Yes. There's an artist who was actually working there that night as a waiter, I think, mm-hmm. and his name is Kenny, and I forget his last name. But KPIC is going to set up down there and broadcast his show live. Oh, wow. Yeah, after we finished, we, he pulled out the guitar and he played us a song. He's quite good. Mm-hmm. Very, very sort of Americana bluesy stuff. Mm-hmm. Nice. Played very interesting chords though. It was, um, yeah, it was nice. His, I thought his lyrics were more Americana, mm-hmm. and the chords were more. Um, and he's Asian, so innovative. Yeah. The last thing I expected was the you know sort of a blues boy feeling. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. But there it came. And he's a youngster, and big. Game. He's twenty three years old. Yeah, a shock of black hair on him. Wow. Yeah, nice looking kid. I'm really annoyed <laughs> with young people, <laughs> especially under that They're talent. so talented mm-hmm. and yeah. so young. Damn. Them. Oh. Hey, you just dropped a cookie a, into your guitar. Yeah, we, we have a we have a solution <laughs> yeah. for that. Oh. No, it didn't. Did I? Did you see it go in? I think so. I you know, if the crumbs go on the floor, the dogs get it later. Yes. That's, that's the joy of having three dogs. Yes. That's you never have to Mark is shaking his guitar onto the floor. Yes. There's oh, something there's in there. Spiders and picks and all kinds of good things <laughs> tumble out. Well, that's good about the smoke. It's always nice yeah. when a new venue pops up because part of our, like, letting our series go, it's like, oh, it's such a nice series, but it's nice to know that... Other things pop up. Yes. But we're probably, you know, back in this and all stuff. What we're probably going to do is take a long break and, you know, worry about my shows. Because you, you've, you've, like, you know, when you were doing your own series up in Modesto, is it Modesto? Yes. I mean, to promote your own self and other people, it's, it's hard to do both at the same time. Really, one of the things that's come up is that we need to be on tour. And yeah. there's an anchor holding us. Well, we have to be back or we can't go because... This show, we're promoting this show, and you can't show up from tour two days before somebody else's show that you're responsible for. Right. Well, the fact that it's at our house, or my house anyway, makes it more difficult because I can't simply give my keys to somebody and say, have fun. Well, you can. You know. Stevie Coyle did that the other day. It wasn't his house. If it were a restaurant or some third place, that's a little different, but having somebody just... Yeah. So we have to be, you know, cognizant of, yeah. of the bookings and whatnot. Yeah, we had an email conversation, but I wanted to ask, so what did you, you know, being a, a touring artist and a recording artist, what did you learn doing a series for a year? You know, I have a pat answer for that now. Okay. Because I've thought about it. You don't want to do it. <laughs> no, that, no, there's a more interesting answer than that. Um, I was interested at the beginning when mm-hmm. we were starting it, we were asking ourselves what was what did we want to learn? Sure. And um, Cindy had some malarkey about building community and bringing music to people. <laughs> I wanted stupid to, idea. I know. <laughs> Who ever thought of such a crazy thing? I wanted to, to deal see, with people. 
I wanted to learn what it was like to be um, to be a venue operator. Mm-hmm. I wanted it's to learn very what different it, than how just it, looking for shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when we write to a person who runs a folk club or some sort of a house concert, I wanted to have empathy for those people. I wanted to become that person and understand what it is to be smart. Be bombarded, for instance, <laughs> with musicians who want to come play. Mm-hmm. So I learned something. I mean, we learned, we saw we, many different artists come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I knew, I'd been told before, but it came true, is that the minute the artist rings the front doorbell, they're on stage on some level. Mm-hmm. If they're there for the... They're leaving an impression with the person who probably took a chance on having them come play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they're nice or if they're not nice, if they present you with a bottle of wine, which has never happened, but it, depending on how they act, mm-hmm. um, the, we've had some artists who show up and they're just so friendly and it's such a pleasure to be with them well before they get on stage. Mm-hmm. And then they're a pleasure to be with after they get off the stage. And I discovered that while we're looking for good music and there's a certain standard, the person, the couple, if it's a couple, how pleasant are they to be with? Are they, are they fun to hang around with? Mm-hmm. Because while maybe I'd present, I don't know, somebody really famous, even if they weren't really nice to me, I like to be treated well. Right. <laughs> Artists need... And that's what I've learned with Cindy and me, too. Often there's a disparity with an artist. If you show up at a venue and you're going to sing that night, I often need to hold back a bit of my energy. Mm -hmm. The host wants to chat and they want to talk and they want to have dinner together and then they want you to get up on stage and sing. It takes a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, by the time I get up, you have to Mm -hmm. hold something in reserve. If I allow that to happen... I can by the time we fit the first, hit the first tune, I'm already depleted, mm-hmm. and I have to save the juice for the stage, yeah. and not let the venue operator feel like they're not getting some face time and some time to visit mm-hmm. with the person that they've been exchanging emails with for six months. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and for the record, some artists do show up with wine. <laughs> you do. No, I do not. Oh, Dan brought wine. Well, that was later. Steve McFessel did. Steve yes. McFessel brought one. Yes. <laughs> yes. We think highly of Steve McFessel anyway, but now... We think much bonus. better of him now. Bonus. Hey, bon- Steve. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's really not just about what you do on stage, but it's the whole package yeah, of how you act yeah. from the first email to the last thank you. Message. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And some people handle it with more aplomb. Mm-hmm. Some are more, you know, purely business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting to see how people behave individually. Yeah. You know, and some people are exactly who you think they are. You know, you meet them and you go, yeah, this is, mm-hmm. you know, that, who they are on stage. It's who they are in their yeah. offstage life. I it know. We, we, I think for the, I think like one or two acts where we probably would, where we're like, and no names, and we're like, I probably wouldn't really want to hang out with them. And it's not that they have to be our friend, but, you know, be a little more polite, you know, or. Yes. You, know, Isn't, you know exactly what I'm saying. Though. Yeah. yeah. But in some, you know, the venue we have actually has a volunteer library in the back. And, and so we'd say there's, and some people would just hang out back there and kind of rest up. And some mm-hmm. would come out and just visit. And it was yeah. totally up to them. Yeah. But, they had the op- but they had the option of doing either or. And I think you're, you're right, contacting venue operators. When, when I 
Cold Call a House concert series. I'll always say, and I also run a venue. I know what it's like on both sides and throw that little blurb in it. It, it tends to kind of, when you're getting a lot of cold calls, it's nice to get that little extra. So, yes, that's a huge thing. Yeah. I, I've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. Let them know that they know, that you know what they're going through. Yeah. The most, a good line, I guess, or a good way to communicate it is, as a venue operator myself, I know that you're going to have to say no to most of the people that approach you. Because mm -hmm. you only have so many slots. Yeah. And so a venue operator not only has to put out energy to gather their friends and their uh, put out, the, make hot dogs and hamburgers and create this whole event, change out their housing and put up chairs. Right. Then they also... Oh, I lost my way. Where was my sentence going? We can edit this part out. <laughs> they um, have to say no to people. They have yeah. to say no. Nobody likes to say no to requests. Mm -mm. And there's the other thing, you know, you get, for every one person you put on, I think I probably get 15 people that approach. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you have to say no. Here's a promise that I always made to myself, and I've pretty much gone through with it. When somebody writes Ooh, to me, yes. I write back. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's important. Yeah. It's, it can be difficult if you have a lot of inquiries, of course, yeah. but it's worse to just send off emails, as you know, when you're booking and never hear back. I mean, did it even get to it? Right. You have no idea. Right. And some people just don't yeah. respond. Podcast world, please take it from me. Musicians, <laughs> musicians want to, their music to be heard. Or they at least want to have their email acknowledged. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Give us a little something. Yeah. Right. No, uh, no is a and the good ones can take answer. no for an answer. Mm -hmm. so. That's the truth. Uh, yeah. I had one um, musician who said no is the second best answer. Yeah. Which is great because when you don't write back or you write back and you the answer is really no, but you say something like, sorry, we're all booked up for the next year. Mm -hmm. The artist doesn't know whether that means, should I call you in a year? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so they put it in their maybe file. And really, I don't like getting no, but I really, when somebody says no, your music is not really for what we do, um, I write back and I say thank you. Sure. It's, it's one less thing you have to do in the future. Yeah. Right. And now right. we can set this to one side. And everybody knows mm -hmm. that whatever venue it is, especially house concert people, they have a particular flavor of music that they enjoy. I was going to mm -hmm. say, you know, before you, but this is a good artist tip that, that I, love, I would think most people know, but maybe not. If you're going to ask somebody about playing their series, make sure you're a fit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to the, the Celtic Traditional Society and ask to play a house concert. Right, you know? right. Well, not everybody does know that. Um, yeah, we've had so. inquiries from folks where I thought, you know, um, I'm thinking of something particular right now. It just isn't the kind of music we present. It's not that we don't like it, but we present this. Right. You know, I like Nine Inch Nails, but I don't present Nine yeah. Inch Nails. Can we? Can we? Let's put on Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, we have yes. Trent over any day now. That'd be a hell of a house concert. Wouldn't it? I don't think the neighbors <laughs> would dig it because we do it outside. Or the hip-hop inquiries. Of like, no, That's right. not, Maybe not, not really so singer-songwriter. Yeah. Well, we could just have Trent... Playing on his whatever he wants to do on his, on right. his acoustic guitar with no amplification. We just watched Gone Girl last night, and he was doing all that, all that background music throughout the entire film. Oh, I didn't know nice. that was his. Yeah, show. yeah, good stuff. Good movie. Yeah, 
Um, let's talk about you, because I've... I thought out. we were. We were, we were, with the music. So, you get this, I was going, I mean, I've seen you play several times, I'm a big fan. You get this question probably a lot, but where did your style come from? Because it sounds, it, you know, when you first hear, when people first hear you play, it sounds like open tunings, but it's not. It's really well, cool. Well, actually, that's funny, because I am presenting, I've done this several times at mm -hmm. the San Francisco Free Folk Festival, mm -hmm. and when we tour England in the fall, I have some guitar workshops and at the Freight and Salvage coming okay. up in March. And the title of the workshop is Making Your Guitar Sound Sound Like It's in Open Tuning right. When It's Not. Right. So I don't, that's, that's not quite the answer to your question. No. Uh, where did this style come from? <laughs> right. but, it, but you did signify that it seems to sound like open tuning. I make a lot of, I try to take care to make sure that there are open strings ringing when that's I'm switching it. chords. Right. I mean, it's it's a huge difference. Often when people are switching chords, there's this blank spot. Mm -hmm. And folk musicians usually find a way to avoid doing that by making sure that some strings continue to ring as they switch chords. But um, So there's some of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, for instance, some songs sound great with blank spots. I mean that in a really nice way. Look at that smoke on the water. Yeah. It's part of the rhythm. Yes, it's part of the rhythm yes. to leave it out. But um, I think that a lot of the time, and I still haven't answered your question directly. But, <laughs> Just uh, talk. This is fine. If you're going, if you're going from G to D, and then you leave some strings open when you switch. It just sounds smoother than when that light blinks. Does it mean it's overloading? I don't know. Let's see. Again, yes. I can back it up a little bit, or just turn down the volume because it's been blinking all through the interview. Oh, then it's going to be nice and a, a nice hot signal. <laughs> I'll crank it down a little bit. There we go. I'm recording an audio engineer, so he's... Thank you. There we go. Yes, you can always turn it up later, but it's very hard to turn it down. Yes, it is. Anyway, uh, instead of demoing that kind of thing, what it is is, Michael, I decided early on, as bands broke up, mm -hmm. and then another band that broke happens. up, <laughs> that I should learn to play guitar such that I didn't need a band. Mm-hmm. So that meant that instead of having a part where somebody else plays a solo and I just continue with the chords, I had to figure out how to make something sound like I was soloing and still holding down the chords. And so I started trying to create more complete sound. Um, and the other part of that that's different from most people is I stopped early on imitating or learning anybody else's solos mm -hmm. or anybody else's guitar parts. Um, I'm immersed in music all the time as a recording engineer. And so I, I hear music and it gets worked into my psyche, but I generally will not sit and work out somebody else's guitar part. Mm -hmm. And the more that I love their playing, a lot of people said, oh, you should learn Michael Hedges, or you've heard Michael Hedges' stuff. And I took care not to learn it 
because I didn't want to learn how he did what he did. Right. I wanted to, if it came out sounding a little bit like him, I certainly didn't want to sound like I was imitating him. I arrived at that right. place on my own. So it was a matter of learning about music in general, but not copying guitar techniques from others. So a lot of self-learning or just... That's me. I'm autodidactic. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Or as my mother would say, Mark doesn't listen to other people. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nicer way to put that, but, you know. Yeah, his wife might say that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which brings me to Cindy. Um, nice segue. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? I had no idea when Cindy and I met that she could even sing, mm -hmm. much less that her voice was so compatible with mine. The people often say, say that it sounds like one person with two voices, or two people with one voice. Um, so I got really, really lucky that the woman I love also sings so beautifully. Could work with you. <laughs> yeah, luck, lucky me. I must have done something right. And um, she's willing to put the effort into learning the songs just so. Right. These songs, mostly the harmonies, don't just... It's not like you can just join in and play and naturally sing the harmonies that I'm liable to compose for you. You actually have to try hard to learn to not to go to the note that you think belongs there, but the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of our songs are not that obtuse. But having Cindy, who is very careful about the details, we're both not Capricorns, but... She should be a Capricorn, because I am, and we're both detail-oriented. And your background, was, and you sing your entire life, right? Mostly, but, um, you know, I, I, the last time I sang more out in public was in college. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it's always been close to my heart. My father used to say, don't quit your day job. And always have something nice to, guy. I know, yeah. <laughs> always have something to fall back on. He, he you know, music was a, a secondary thing for him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I pursued academics more but I've always enjoyed singing so it's been yeah and how did you two cross paths and when did you learn <laughs> she could sing as, now, as Mark has a mouthful of food <laughs> you say we need to talk yeah. um, well we actually met online mm -hmm. of all things so um, we live fairly far apart and right. I wasn't finding um, I wasn't finding a, a pool of men to date that, okay. that appealed to me mm -hmm. um, or could play like Mark so that's right. Or who could play like Mark, precisely. I was looking for that just right guitarist. And, um, and so consequently, I ended up casting my net a little farther. And well, Yeah, a lot of people didn't want to date somebody so far away, but Mark was open to it. That's right. And it was worth the trouble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now we're married and we don't even live together. That's true. Modesto and Emeryville? Yes. That's right. We're about 80 miles apart, for mm -hmm. all of you pulling out your Google Maps. Um, and, you know, it means that when we get together, it's usually special. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, oh, hi, dinner's in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's difficult because Mark... So we got the Valentine's Day episode. No, That's too, right. Yeah, you got, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stay, yeah. stay apart a little bit. Yeah. Absence does really help make mm -hmm. the heart grow It fonder. does. But, you know, Mark works at home. Mm. And I am out. And for me, right. you know, I was single for almost 50 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like your own space. But if I, if I left in the morning and saw him and came home and he was the first thing I saw, I would feel a little squished. And, um, you know, since he works out of the house, he's always there, basically. 
Um, so it gives us some space. The job I have requires night meetings and right. and things like that. You have I, a city job, right? I or do. I do. Yeah. I work for as a city planner, mm -hmm. and um, we often have public meetings and workshops and things to attend. And um, you know, it 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 makes him not be unhappy that I have night meetings, and and it makes me happy to see him on weekends, mm -hmm. which is great. Nice. Oh, <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. No, no, it's not. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> but I thank, I'm thankful that you're here. I feel thankful. I'm thankful we, you're both here. We actually don't celebrate Valentine's Day much because our anniversary is February 29th. Oh. It's so close that so we don't... Um, We're about to have our second anniversary. Yes. Because it's a leap, right. leap year yes. anniversary. <laughs> Meaning we've really been together eight years. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Very close. Yes. Sort of like dog funny. years. <laughs> we've been together two years in dog years. <laughs> In my, in my head, I'm saying. Yes. So, mm -hmm. this song has become the song that we usually start our, our days, our okay. gigs with. Because a lot of people like it. It happens to be the only song that, I, that I've written that I can think of that um, is completely diatonic. There's no trick non-diatonic chords. I have no idea why, but it just came out <laughs> like that. And um, the subject matter. Yeah, I often wonder what happened to the kids that I was in school with back in elementary school. Not everybody is on Facebook anymore. Right. And so, you're gonna sit. And, well then we both Mark is positioning, okay. positioning the microphone in front of Cindy. I'm, tra I'm trying to get us to, <laughs> I, I this is what happens by. when you invite a recording engineer to be interviewed. Yes, I'll be close by, but I need a little more, a little more space okay. for my diaphragm. I trust you two will work it out. We will. We're married, which means we will not. <laughs> Just play. Um, so I was thinking about kids that I went to school with, and I walked through this bookstore, and I came upon, on the, one of the display tables, this beautiful coffee table-sized mm -hmm. book uh, full of photographs and writing. A man had walked across Africa by himself. Mm. And... This is the author, and I noticed that the author was a name that I recognized from way back in Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, this kid that I'd gone to school with apparently had written this book. And I just thought, you know, he was like this sort of a nerdy little kid who sat in the back of the class. Mm -hmm. It didn't look like he was headed anywhere particularly special. Little did I know. He was headed to Africa. He was headed to <laughs> Africa. So, this is called Zanzibar Sand. Kept mostly to himself 
He didn't seem to care One night I saw him on the road Headed nowhere I offered him a ride But he kept walking Now that same strange boy With his hat in his hand Walks across Africa To the Zanzibar sands And I read his books Of distant lands It's funny how a funny kid Becomes a remarkable man Now I stayed right here a family. I never traveled far, but at night I dream of five long places I've never seen. I get up on that road and I keep walking. Sometimes I wonder where I might have gone if I've never settled down in this Massachusetts town If I'd stayed in motion What if I'd planned To walk across Africa To the Zanzibar sands So I kiss my wife and I start my day. I drop the kids at school and I'm on my way. A remarkable life can be led this way. I've got my road and I keep walking. And I read to my kids of distant lands. And children who grow to remarkable men. Some live right here, but some lay plans to walk across Africa to Zan to Zanzibar. I love that song. I'm glad you like There's it. Some great lines, and it just really shows how Cindy works into your music lines too. Which is... Isn't she great? She is. She's <laughs> awesome. So you know that. 
I do. And now all of you know that too. Well, well thank we're you. married, so I need constant reminders. <laughs> That's true. But the the gig that we played earlier today was a church gig, and uh-huh. the the guy who was giving the uh, sermon or what have you was mm-hmm. one of the oh no it was one of the workshops that they offered at the end it was about finding your soulmate, mm-hmm. and I nudged her and I said. I found my soulmate. The trick now is figuring out how to put up with her. Oh, nice. <laughs> that is what marriage is all you about. Don't celebrate Valentine's Day because. <laughs> no, I think that people make the mistake of thinking that when you find the perfect partner for you, that it's going to be completely slidey smooth from then on, like 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 a, a well lubricated machine mm-hmm. and everything will work. It's not about that. No. I think of it more as like. One of those stone polishing things, one of those barrels mm-hmm. that you put stones in, and, <laughs> and you start the barrel rolling, and it grinds all the rough edges off, and out comes a nice smooth stone. Yeah. She's grinding on me. I mean, I'm becoming, <laughs> I'm becoming a smoother Just, stone. You're painting, well, you're sure painting yourself back takes. into a smaller and a smaller <laughs> corner. <laughs> no, yeah. that's what a relationship, yeah, relationship that, you know, their marriage is a work, and the work yeah. is worth it, and you, you know, plow ahead. It's, and usually it's pretty good, and sometimes you got to work a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's it's really it's a shame so many people get divorced so quickly. Either yeah. they got married too quickly, yeah. or they got divorced too quickly. Well, it's not easy. Wait, so. it's not fun. I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I got bad news. <laughs> so is that is the Zanzibar stand? Is that on home? Home isn't home. Home isn't home. Your your latest CD together. Yes. Um, the next CD, which is coming out probably later this year. Is guitar solos, so neither of us are singing on that, and uh, that's an answer to my first guitar solo album called Rubata. I was going to ask, it's kind of like Rubata, Mm -hmm. but it's different. Yeah, but I wanted to get a similar flavor. So many people enjoyed Rubato. There's some great quotes on your site. People have used that for therapy and for calming down in the car, Mm -hmm. and all kinds of wonderful applications. Giving birth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. There's. It's. It's for some reason. You know, we all want our music to be used. Mm-hmm. We want to have it put to use. Yeah. And there's music for dancing to, and there's music to make love by, there's music to drive in the car for long distances. I'm not sure what rubato is good for exactly, but it has a lot to do with calming people down. Seems like it. Yeah. And it's an honor to have it associated. The first letter I got was from some lady who I'd never heard of and never heard from again. This is back when people would write letters and put it on a piece of paper that you stamp it and put it in the mailbox. This is back when people actually bought CDs, that era. There was that too. <laughs> That's right. yeah. And people knew how to use pens and pencils. Mm. Yeah. And this lady had written to me. I never knew her and I never heard from her again. She had been using it for cancer recovery. Right, right, right. And I thought, That's you know, quite an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so the new CD, which. You could is, stop there and just, you've done some good work. Mm hmm. But it didn't you know what? There. Yeah, I could stop there, but no. Right. I'd like to do some more. Yeah. So this next album, I promised myself that the people who loved Rubato would not be disappointed. Nice. It's not a bunch of Scott Joplin rags. Mm-hmm. I didn't play the banjo on it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I never calms anybody down. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we're doing that. And there's already another album in the works. Uh, vocal songs with mm-hmm. Mark and Cindy. Good. And I think these are going to be. A, I have some rock songs saved up. Oh, okay. I'm going to make a drummer in. Mm-hmm. And a little more bandy oriented. Some of the songs certainly because mm-hmm. they need to be heard. Right. Or at least they need to be recorded. And um, 
they require that kind of rhythm. Yeah. You have some rockers in there. Nice. Can't wait to hear it. So in the short term, um, I'm eating and I'm interviewing, which is really bad form, but <laughs> locally in the Bay Area, you've got some workshops coming up in March for a workshop. Because you do the guitar work, you also you do a your guitar workshop, you also do your how to work with a producer workshop. Yes, that's right. Talk too. about those really quick and then we'll... Well, the... Because yeah, I've, I've missed a couple of them. They sound like they really want to go. Well, you should. Everybody yeah. should go. <laughs> exactly. It's for anybody who wants to record. Mm -hmm. um, the idea is that most professional albums made on a label, there's a producer. Mm -hmm. And what that producer does is kind of mysterious. Um, people don't talk about it much. You just know this was produced by T-Bone Burnett or this was produced by so-and-so. Right, right. What they did to create the album, what they brought to it is mm -hmm. an unknown. Um, so the, the, the workshop is about that, but it's also about accepting the fact that if you don't have one of those producers in your session, you are probably the producer sure. of that session. And to accept that and to realize that there are things that go with that job that you've got to be able to address or else nobody is steering the ship. Mm -hmm. And so that's how people come up with if there's nobody steering the ship, the thing won't reach its port, probably. Mm -hmm. And so the workshop is about, if you find yourself wearing the, the hat of producer, what do you do? So there's some fa handy handouts that are mostly me making jokes about what it is to be a producer. <laughs> but I've been working as a recording engineer. That's been my living since I was... Um, around 23 so I'm 58 now so that's 35 years mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. recording everything from punk bands to symphony orchestras wow. and so without you know bragging too much about myself I think that it's time to offer this workshop so sure. that people might make a good record when it's their time to do it yeah because I recorded the last two I recorded with a standalone producer and it, it works really well, but you don't, you might not always have that luxury. And yeah. often people think it's a luxury, but it isn't because no. it's common to think that when you have a producer and you're paying him or her, that everything will go well. Right. Sort of the same make-believe idea that if you have if you don't have a girlfriend. You think if you've only had a girlfriend, everything right. would be going well. Right. But no! <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just the, the, in the experience that I've had recording, I think the analogy is that it's like when I, when, I, when I really started playing out a lot, I would try to like cover photographs and get a video camera going in the corner. And then I realized that if you're doing a show, you can't do everything. And if you're trying to think about, I wonder if the recorder is going. I wonder if that mm -hmm. person's taking my photograph. Da, 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 da. It, it kind of distracts you from your performance. If you're in the studio... And you're doing your song, and you're hoping. God, I hope he's getting into the way. Like we talked, if you've got a producer kind of driving, and that's mm -hmm. you're keeping track, right? Mm -hmm. You're delegating that responsibility to somebody you trust, or you're paying, so you trust them, right? To take care of those things, so you don't have to think about them, so you can do a better performance. That's oh, kind of that's kind of where I see it sitting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And yet, so many of us are in the studio without that luxury. Mm. With the proliferation of home recording setups, yeah. right, people just, they turn on the recorder and then they say, now what? The, a lot of musicians know how to play well, but they may not know how to make a record. Right. And they don't have the money or they've decided that, yeah, often it's just money. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it is. Yeah. The last time I did this workshop, I handed out little, you know, sign-in cards, and I wrote, my project is missing, colon, and then three blank lines. And so people would write down what their project was missing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then hand it in. And on many, many of those sheets, what they were missing, one of the three things was money. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't just say that that's not important, but I did point out to them that money is probably not the most important thing they're missing. What's usually missing is the quality of your material mm -hmm. and what direction you want to take to realize that. And with today's home recorders, which almost everybody's got something, mm -hmm. the money is no longer the number one thing. Mm -hmm. It's easy, we all know, to mm -hmm. spend a lot of money and not get what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. yeah. We've all done that. Mm -hmm. um, it's better to have a, a small token amount of money and have a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just I, I, and this is just me speaking as you know somebody who's recorded a CD with my husband who's producing. Mm -hmm. You know, just having a recorder doesn't quite get you there either. I mean, he's got. You have to get the right take. And it's, you can play it over and over and over right. again and not get quite exactly the right thing. Oftentimes, well, you've done it as well. You know mm -hmm. how dull it can get to do the same take again and again and again. And at some point, you can't really do it again, and you just take something you've got. Mm -hmm. But you may have to keep going at it because one of the things Mark will do when he goes through a phrase is he'll say, well, I like this take the best, but it's not perfect. Right. And so he'll replace a little of this or that. Mm -hmm. But if you mm -hmm. don't have someone doing that, Right. Then you have to continue doing takes until you really do get it right, mm -hmm. and it's it's really kind of not okay to to just be bored doing it. <laughs> you have to you have to get it there. Yeah, it's time consuming and difficult. I think for me, as as I've recorded, you know, more CDs, I've gotten more comfortable in the process, and you know, worked with different people and found people that I like working with that I'm just, I kind of gel with better. Yeah, and I think with me thinking about the card and the three things, I think what helped me in my last two projects, I went in with a, you know. A real plan. I knew what I want. What I wanted the songs to sound like. What mm -hmm. I wanted on them. I even knew like this. I mean, it was very conceptual. I had the song sequences kind of thought out, and that saved me a lot of time. Yes, that kind of thinking through ahead of time is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, and it's kind of like it's kind Bravo of like, yeah. For you. Thanks. It's kind of like you know rehearsing a song or rehearsing a show. If you if you if you rehearsed and rehearsed. Then when you're playing live, you have room to do some different banter or, or play or improvise a little bit because you know where you're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And I think, at least with me, with the CD production process, recording process, if you've got it all kind of laid out, you know, in the moment you can go, yeah, let's try this little piece here. Let's because we know what we're going to end up. We have the framework. And on mm -hmm. my Starlight record, there was a couple of things that the engineer Justin thought of that like, oh, okay, and because it was all thought out, and we had room to kind of like, yeah, that works. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's absolutely true. Mm. The other thing that's fascinating about this is, Cindy talked about doing take after take after mm -hmm. take. One rule of thumb that I've seen many times is the first takes have the most spirit. Mm -hmm. And the last takes have the most accuracy, but mm -hmm. not so much spirit. Because you're tired. So, yeah. yeah, you're tired. Mm -hmm. So that's worth thinking about. Mm -hmm. Often I'll wind up taking the first take or the second take as the basis for the song yeah. and then you go to take 17 
and you 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 take the little bits of, that are in take seventeen where a certain mistake that always recurs mm -hmm. was finally ironed out. Right. You go back and edit it into, it into take in. two. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so then you've got a spirited take with the mistakes cleaned up. Mm -hmm. That's the most standard thing that I think nice. is a good plan. Yeah, that makes so. the most sense. I'm gonna put those workshop dates on the podcast notes, and okay. you're were you touring in the Bay Area? What, what's up for you guys in, in March? In March, I know you're you're in Europe later this year. Mm -hmm. We're in England, yeah, yeah. Europe and Scotland, and nice. also Iceland. Wow, yeah. which is is going to be interesting. There's That's a happening place. I have a lot of people vacationing yes. over there. Yes, yeah. it's gotten very hot recently, and I didn't mean that literally. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yeah. yuck. Yeah. It's gotten very, very popular recently. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but um, it's getting hot. Yeah, I see. yeah. Everybody seems to be going there, and it's been on my bucket list for quite a while. So, nice. yeah. Yes, I'd have to. The thing is that when we're uh, one reason why we concentrate so much on the tours elsewhere is because during March my work as a recording engineer for orchestras and choral mm, groups okay. is that's when it's hot. Right. Uh, I think they have something called Easter that month. No, that's in <laughs> no. April. No, no, this year it's in March. Is it? It bounces 27. back and forth depending on a in couple In any of case, okay. yeah. March is usually the month when uh, I'm doing the recordings of the choral groups and the orchestral groups and I've got almost no gigs. Mm -hmm. But the... Um, the guitar, um, playing guitar in regular tuning and making it sound like open tuning takes place at the freight in March. And okay. if you want, I'll grab my schedule, but we can do that after the recording. I'll just, yeah, I'll drop it in the podcast. Notes and we also sure. play, we have some gigs that keep our hands in there. We're going to be playing at um, San Gregorio General Store. That's mm -hmm. always do fun. that a few times. Mm -hmm. That's a great place. And there's a place up in um, Cloverdale, in Cloverdale mm -hmm. called the Cloverdale Ale Hall. Ale House, mm -hmm. which is a tavern gig, but they have a separate room for the music. Oh, and nice. people tend to come in and actually listen. And we're building up an audience there. We've discovered that if we have different, like all good musicians do, email uh, mailing lists, and they're divided into sections. We, we don't expect the people that see us in Cloverdale to care when we're playing in the South Bay. Mm hmm so mm -hmm. the Cloverdale people are starting to get responsive, and mm -hmm. so we play nice. up there, and it's a three-hour gig, as opposed to your typical concert gig where you have two sets in an intermission. Right, right. This one's three, so that means that we get to pull out material that doesn't usually make it into the top 20 songs. Mm -hmm. Good stuff, but yeah. we are at the point now where we have a song list that is as long as your arm. We mm -hmm. cannot possibly do. It's a good problem to have. I, there's some winery gigs I do that are, that are just three hours. You know, yeah. Like wow, I have enough material for three hours. It's kind of a nice. It's a nice problem to have. Yeah. It's very nice problem yeah. to have, and we're very yeah. thankful that we. I'm very thankful that we've been together this long. Mm -hmm. We couldn't have done it five years ago. Yeah. Our first time we attended uh, Far West. Mm -hmm. The first year we were together singing was 2009, and we went to Far West like. Like spring lambs to the to the shore. Maybe when I we knew seven we knew seven songs. Yeah, and we did those seven songs, and we were quite good at them. But it was not the well greased machine that we wanted right. to become, where you could turn on the dime and do something that the moment suddenly called for. Sure, we knew only that, and so we were. Uh, we were constrained by our lack of experience. Yeah, and having that much material, having that body of work, it's nice having different moods, different tempos, mm -hmm. light, dark, 
somber you can just kind of it's nice to be able to be spontaneous like that yeah. in the middle of a set yeah like when we have a church gig we don't get to do any of the Beatles scene songs mm-hmm. no that's right yeah. we leave that <laughs> yeah. out well we don't and have blues we... songs we don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not necessarily obscene, but well, they're, they're col- <laughs> not the most appropriate for the audience. Yes, they're yeah. colorful. They're colorful, yes. <laughs> we have some colorful songs yeah, that nice. don't belong in church. <laughs> it's nice to have that. Well, there's different music for different re- exactly. reasons. Exactly. Right? That's right. And you've got a lot of it. I'm looking forward to the solo record later this year, too. Oh, I'll be very happy. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do another podcast then, and I can play some solo guitar pieces for you. Come on down. That's what I'm here for. All right. Good talking to you, too. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Pretty amazing, aren't they? And a lot of fun to talk to. Once again, that was Mark and Cindy Lemaire. You can find them at marklemaire.com. M A R K L E M. A-I-R-E.com. Or if you're browsing around online, you can go to michaelgather.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. Look for the section that says Songs and Stories, number 154. It's under blogs and podcasts. And I'll, um, I'll include this recording. I'll include links to their stuff. I'll put in a video. Um, that song they just played at the end, Zanzibar Sands. Man, just he's a great songwriter, too. That's on their album, Home Isn't Home, as is the two kind of preview cuts I played at the beginning. Um, That's just a good record to have in anybody's record collection. I would just pick it up. Home Isn't Home. And again, Mark is working on a solo record for later this year. Hopefully we'll get him back and have him play some solo pieces for us. And I hope you like that little intro tangent about hosting shows and the work that goes into it. Again, running a concert series when the shows are up and running and just contacting people and all the shaking and howding you do. It's really, really cool. It's a bit of work. It's worth the effort. And um, if you've been to one of our latest shows, if you're local, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've really enjoyed putting it on. And we're doing one more. Again, April 17th, we'll have Austin producer extraordinaire Griff Morlix come back and do our, our final show. So that's going on. Um, and then one more little plug for me. Again, if you're on my website, or you're browsing around on YouTube, take a look at the Highway 17 video. It's really getting a lot of hits, and it's very, I keep saying, it's very exciting and very humbling. (laughs) I think we hit a nerve with all the bad traffic references. But if you like it, share it, love your comments on it. And if you have any comments about this podcast, you can call, clicking again nonchalantly, 831-288-2226. That's 831-288-2226. Two, six. Leave your comments about this episode or any episode of Songs and Stories, and I can play it on the next show. And on the next show, we're going to have another couple, coincidentally, Dan Frechette and Laurel Thompson. They're a local duo who really met in, in an interesting way, and I'll, I'll let you listen to the next episode in about three or four weeks to, to pick it up. But Dan plays, he's one of those guys who plays anything with strings, and Laurel is an amazing violin player. They're both singer-songwriters, and they've, they're working on their third record. There's an Indiegogo campaign for that. They have a couple of releases out as a duo, and, and then um, Dan's just got a whole bunch of stuff out before that. So we're going to talk to them and have them play a little bit and do some shop talk around the kitchen table, just like this one. So whether you found this on my website, on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, the Stitcher app, or if you're listening live at the streams on Grateful Dread Radio Nashville, 
or Casey Cafe Radio. Uh, thanks for listening. Please support these artists that I'm very fortunate to get to spend some time with and uh, promote a little bit and talk about what they do. We really enjoy it. We hope you do too. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither. Take care. <laughs>